All right, you're out. I'm summoning you out. You spent too much time in the Tessa Thompson. What's that? On your screen. Some kind of program about a Westworld on TV. Well, it doesn't sound like anything for I'm Red Scott. And I'm Ivan Hernandez. And this doesn't sound like anything to me. The third best Westworld podcast on the 20th of the fourth day of the month, baby. And you're all just here with us to speed the entropic death of this planet. (laughs) So much talk of entropy and chaos and order in television lately. It's almost like there's some sort of uh, a a gradual downturn that the world's taken in the last few years that leads everyone to uh, believe we're returning to an entropic state. Speaking of shows that somehow weirdly are all prestige sci-fi and have something to say about <laughs> are we going to talk about t- are we going to talk about from the tales loop. from the <laughs> tales <laughs> from the loop every single big media conglomerate decided we're going to pump out a big fucking prestige uh uh cold detached sci-fi piece about yes. the terminism at the same time yes and it's so much better than the other two that are on go watch it it's also an incredible 420 show there's some trippy stuff happening first of all first of all i don't like that that i this this red gets addicted to weed chocolates storyline is deeply, deeply uh, troubling to me. I've got, and get get ready for the, the weed people who know math, 15 milligrams of THC coursing through my veins. <laughs> I it, See, I know that's like an amount, but every time people just start talking about amounts, I'm just like, give me the whole thing. <laughs> I just want I, the whole thing. I would be dead, Ivan. I, my body <laughs> can't. I know that just ingesting marijuana hasn't technically killed anybody, but I think <laughs> it could do me in. Look, that LD50 is high. <laughs> that, that's, that's letters and combinations with, with numbers. I hate that. I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> so this is Season 3, Episode 6, titled Decoherence. Directed by Jennifer Getzinger, written by Suzanne Rubel and Lisa Joy. And I went back because I write down the director and the writers every single week. Mm-hmm. And just before the show, I went back and counted the directors and writers so far. And they're um, at... They they have more women than male writers on accredited as a written, and they have fifty fifty women directors and men, which I was good. surprised by. Yeah, good, and it's nice to see people finally taking my lead after <laughs> I did so much work in booking a, a majority women uh, literature showcase in a basement in San Francisco. So many productions have taken after my influence. I always tell people the thing about being a feminist is it just means saying Ivan is right. Me. Just <laughs> it just means saying that I got it right. All right, ladies, you know who to thank. <laughs> I mean, and, and the reason that pop, uh, pop uh, grab my attention is because most of the directors and writers, I don't do that for every what you should be watching. I only do that for Westworld and Game of Thrones. And I, th- I think we also did it for Counterpart, and they also had a, a uh, generally a good uh, gender equity among the uh, production. But more to the point, Game of Thrones, there was like Terrible Michelle, and that was it. Terrible gender equity in that production. We should get into the episode, but first we need to know what happened previously on Westworld. Tell whoever's playing XCOM that they're losing. (laughs) 
Oh no, my coworkers hate me. Mission accomplished. Do you think Tessa Thompson was like, oh, we could get Michael Ely? Go get Michael Ely. <laughs> How are we supposed to feel bad for a guy who puts so much of his personality into his hat? <laughs> Eventually, everyone becomes the Scotsman they once trapped. <laughs> Welcome to the end of the game and the beginning of New Game Plus. And finally, only one sword fight against the Yakuza? What is this, Cyberpunk 2076? And that was previously on Westworld. Really can't wait for Cyberpunk 2077. They actually, they had a derelict of duty, in my opinion, in the West, in the, in the previous on because they didn't mention the major. There's a character later who pops up who is the, the Confederate major of the army that Dolores raises. And he's just one of the attendants in his uh, AR hallucination. It's Major Craddock. And they oh. should have brought him up because I had to watch it twice to be like, oh, is that the guy who that there was that weirdly long pause on his face? Yeah, and I was like, are we am I supposed to recognize this guy? That is by the, the way. By the way, I immediately knew that that was uh, he was in the AR because fucking he didn't have the little thing on the uh, top of his mouth. And if you don't think that I paused and stared directly into Ed Harris's mouth for way too long a time, <laughs> you're wrong, buddy. <laughs> I, I wish you were a dentist and you could just add him with it. You're like, hey, buddy, you need to get C6 clean. <laughs> uh, those gums are looking rough, pal. So, so we start off decoherence in the great beyond. It is exactly how I imagined it. Sharp, distant mountains, excessively tall grass, ticks constantly just burrowing <laughs> into your skin. See, that's the thing. Uh, I might not have that uh, beautiful uh, country air. I also don't have Lyme disease. It's give and take. This is the episode where a lot of shit started to look fake, uh, and I wasn't sure if that was intended or not. Has this, you, has, scene, this scene 100% looked real fake, and I was like, all right, so they're in the fucking weird cyber afterlife, so it's okay that this looks fake. M- my man Riot Control could uh, need, need a few more layers of uh, Riot Control. <laughs> but I love my man Riot Control, but those, those, those shots of him just out in the open air, uh, oof, a little too shiny. Little, little, <laughs> little uh, needed a few more bits. If I cheated and watched the behind the scenes, you can actually see Jonathan Nolan asking, what's, what's our budget? And, <laughs> and he pointed at a Nintendo Wii and they said, there's the server room. <laughs> Any, anything you can render on that over a year. All right, start waggling. <laughs> yeah, I, he looks so good in the limited scenes, but the moment where he jumps in that, outside. In that one scene, in that one scene where he just stood up in front of a bunch of people in a, uh, 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 a stationary camera shot. That is the worst CGI I've seen probably since the reindeer in the Blu-ray version of the Santa Claus. Oh really? Are they that? Because because cackle, uh, you'll cackle. They're not. Uh, they're not video game level. By the way, did you see the edit that Disney Plus did to Splash to cover up Daryl Hannah's naked butt? butt? Please, please tell the people how it looks. Okay, so Disney Plus does not allow move. It 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 technically does not allow move. It made butts illegal, Ivan. It- Stop <laughs> holding back. Tell the people what happened. Disney illegalized butts. Okay, so Splash came out back before the PG-13 rating existed, uh, back when uh, a a kid could go see titties in a PG movie. Uh, so, so, so they put Splash on Disney Plus because it's PG, and Daryl Hannah just has a big old butthole. (laughs) 
her big old fishy butthole just pulsating at Tom Hanks right there. And they, they added an extra layer of CGI hair that covers her butthole, but it, it looks like, it looks like if you don't turn on NVIDIA hair works on a video game and like the hair just like, it moves as like one sheet of hair. The part that killed me is somebody posted the original clip just on Twitter and you can see less of her butt. It draws <laughs> less attention to her butt. It's mostly covered in hair anyway. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. It's the most insane prurience. And, and, and the fact that, the fact that there, there was absolutely an internal argument, resources had to be allocated <laughs> to cover up this butt. Like somebody had to put together an air table entry. <laughs> I love that air. T- very 2020, I mean, with the air table. <laughs> Listen, I'm I'm finally a working man, <laughs> just it's, like that Rush song. <laughs> uh, it's it's incredible. I haven't gone and seen it myself. I, I'd be so disappointed if it wasn't there. I can't bring myself to actually look at it. <laughs> oh, you think Disney is like, oh, they caught us. We're going to let people stare at Daryl Hannah's butt again. I mean, as we're retelling this great story, it occurs to me that I never checked, and it could have just been a hilarious and effect he did. <laughs> That seems likely, actually. No, no, no. It's real. People checked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Was that people? You- oh, are you going to are you going to go check on your big TV to see if you can see Daryl Hannah's butthole in HD right now? <gasps> 4K, buddy. Don't leave it. <laughs> 4K contrast. That's what we. That's what that we need. That bit rate. Butthole rate. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> She realizes that the Great Beyond isn't real because of this shitty rendering. Serac joins Maeve. And basically, she's like, he's like, you were supposed to kill that lady. And and her defense is, I, I could use some help. Uh, and here's the thing. Never let anybody with an English accent propose a quid pro quo. Yeah. It never ends well. Ever. <laughs> yeah, no. S- s- stick to the Sicilians. Those are the guys you can trick really <laughs> e- easily. So, and also, so he agrees to grant her... Uh, help when she asks for it, but she only gets a DVD copy of the 2011 film. That is, oh no, it's not even uh, Emma Stone's best role. I believe you asked for the help. <laughs> so Maeve walks, wakes up in War World again. I guess this mm-hmm. is just like a holding simulation. Yeah, I don't this, quite follow this, this. Yeah, this is apparently their holding tank. Yeah. This is the this is the uh, lobby area where you have to wait before your game. Uh, uh, this is the the lobby skirmish before you get kicked into a ranked game. <laughs> that that explains why I'm so annoyed every time it pops up. <laughs> no, but by the way, uh, Tandy Newton just snapping her fingers and a bunch of uh, Nazis throwing their guns down is actually exactly what it's like to be a really hot lady. I mean, that is how World America, War II ended. It America is would send our really hot ladies. Onto the front lines, and they'd be like, why don't you boys come over and see me sometime? And the Germans would just drop their weapons. For a moment, I thought she was just beating the shit out of some Nazis just to, like, blow off some steam. Which I was, like, very relatable. Possibly the most <laughs> relatable character. I-, I feel like this was like Tandy Newton was like, darling, I want to deck some Nazis. <laughs> just just said that to Jonathan Nolan one day, and they were just like, yes. is she ever going to lose that accent? Who told her she <laughs> needed to do that accent? <laughs> But she has some corny ass lines. 
What is it with her? Yeah. What is it with this this show that allows the fact that it, it, it's supposed to be, hey, we, 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 our basis is a stupidly written video game, so we're just going to use stock trite dialogue for all of our characters uh, who are robots all the time? It was funny when Lee Sizemore did it, which somebody reminded me that his name is Less Is More. Come on. It's- I realized he's virtual Lee. Virtually. There's so many puns with his name. Virtually. <laughs> I feel like one of them they meant to do, and the others are an accident. The <laughs> others are that we are actually better writers. Humanity is a thin layer of bacteria. Doesn't he know that's actually freeing? It's very freeing. <laughs> you, you guys have the opportunity to be perfect. That, that must be hellish. The responsibility. <laughs> nah, we're, just, we're just living on garbage world, baby. <laughs> we're not using any of the coping mechanisms. <laughs> one of the lines that Maeve says is, I, I thought you boys would know Lady likes a little warm-up before you brandish your weapon at her. And I was like, that is awful on, like, nine different levels. <laughs> Listen, they never turned off her uh, uh, flirty innuendo uh, protocol. I mean, that is one thing I thought about is presumably we have the same Lee Sizemore who was obsessed with Maeve. And I wonder if that's going to come up anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that now that they're... Well, well, we don't see who gets uh, pumped into the last body, but I think it would be incredibly hilarious if uh, uh, Lee Sizemore accidentally got pumped into whatever uh, badass robot body they were trying to generate. Thank you for bringing that up. They should be prodding it like who is in the last body more with each episode. Who's I, in that fucking last body? We need the, to know uh, that. Yeah. They, uh, 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 there's constant... Uh, oh. Who's that robot coming out of that milk? I want to know who that robot coming out of that milk was. You can't save that for the next episode. <laughs> yeah, I want to know who that lucky robot is. Yeah. So we get one of the core pieces of the set pieces of this episode, the man in white in group mm-hmm. therapy. <laughs> and, and, and fucking, I hate his whole speech where he's like, uh, humanity's the virus. Can't you see the world is healing? Uh, excuse me. You're going to give everybody electron environmentalism when you spent the last <laughs> decades gaming. Now you're going to pivot to being the holier than thou environment guy. So we get a bunch of Williams of various ages arguing with each other. And one of the most satisfying elements is him shaming himself for being a gamer because he knows what a sore <laughs> spot that is for him. <laughs> And I, I love when Young William was like, we all, we only had books. And fucking books suck ass. That's why you got addicted <laughs> to video games, baby. Yeah, the, the like, oh, it's God's fucking plan. Do you believe in the Santa Claus too? Yeah, it was the sequel to Santa Claus. I was just mentioning it. No, but also, it's such a parody of an atheist. It's such a, like, oh, you believe in Santa Claus? I'm surprised he did not bring up the Easter Bunny because that was the next thing in the chamber. Look, he's been listening to a lot of Sam Harris podcasts while he's in the joint. <laughs> this Richard Dawkins got a bad go of it. You should reread. <laughs> they, they should have let him keep his little jar of honey. <laughs> <laughs> that was the, one of the greatest tweets of all time. I think if there was a God, he gave up on us long ago. We get it. You're depressed. That's why you're in therapy, buddy. <laughs> Yeah, uh, the doctor takes him in uh, to, to another place for, for AR therapy. I was like, oh shit, you're putting him back in the game. Uh, has, 
Has any trope lasted longer uh, uh, into the future at this point than uh, the uh, professional who, for some reason, has their phone on vibrate? Yeah, like, what are you doing? And it's right there. She can obviously see it. Listen, you can't put your phone away with a patient during a session. <laughs> you got to see what how your uh, uh, grams are doing. I mean, I, th- <laughs> I-, I thought it was perfect uh, when he said, I'm not paying you for this session. <laughs> I feel like... This idea is absurd, but also I want the backstory where she's been sleeping with her patients. Why haven't we multiple had that show? affairs with patients? Multiple affairs with patients. And of course it happens while he's admitting out loud, which nobody appears to know that he is actually the one who killed his daughter Emily, which I believe is known oh. as murder. Oh, and there's truly no greater tragedy than for a father to PK his daughter. It's one of the it's one of the hardest things that can happen to any man. <laughs> so so fucking what did you think about oh robot blood? Robot blood? Which gentleman was that? Fucking fucking they take a sample of uh the man in uh, white's blood uh-huh. and it has a virus in it. Oh. Were you not paying how stoned are you right now? I mean, r- pretty stoned, but th- I watched <laughs> it twice before then. <laughs> I yeah, I, fucking I, that was the that was what Dolores uh, stuck him with. Oh, that was why when his blood was getting run through the fucking machine, it glitched out all of a sudden. I, I remember. I mean, I remember everything else in that scene, and I was also just thinking why they were still at work when everything was crashing down around them because the plot, the Bennies, must be incredible. The plot requires at least two people to be operating at Harris at all times. Yeah, I'm sad they didn't go with the first cut where they were just like, because we love mother capitalism. <laughs> so William says, I don't belong here. Even he should be aware that that is not a good way to get out of therapy. If you are in a padded cell situation claiming you do not belong there works, I believe, 0% of the time. No, you always have to agree with the doctor and always aim to be a uh, doctor's little boy or little girl. You want to be the pet? The, uh, the pet? You want to be the one who's like, yes, yes, <laughs> doctor. I feel like everybody has watched enough movies now that they, A, know how they would try to get out of quicksand, <laughs> and B, know what they would say to convince the psychologist that they're actually sane in the kafka situation of being committed for non-mental health reasons. Here's what I'd do. I'd be like, oh, no, I'm I'm insane, but easily treatable within a few weeks. <laughs> That'll get your numbers up. Come on, guys. Let's go. <laughs> exactly. Listen, you get to discharge me in a few weeks. We all just take this real easy until then. I do have to, the thing. I think what threw me off is things being screwed into the roofs of mouths is real gross. It did remind me of my wisdom teeth extraction. <laughs> it does make me look away from the screen for a few minutes. So that might <laughs> That might, I feel like they're trying to make the case where they're like, if you don't believe that my dystopia is actually as bad as I say, well, we're just going to drill into people's mouths. How do you feel about that? <laughs> it's like, yeah, listen, I come from a family with that, with that provided us a lot of money. <laughs> the first people to shut down in this pandemic were the dentists. They're useless. <laughs> they're fucking worthless psychopaths. Uh, Every fucking one of them is mentally insane. <laughs> As somebody who, without dental work, would have no teeth, <laughs> I'm a big fan of their terrifying work. So we get Divergence, San Francisco, 
And this time, I think it's pretty close to where Lily lives. Are we stepping into an episode of Devs? <laughs> there is a line later in this episode that is literally exactly a line from Devs. Yeah, uh, fucking, if you can't tell, does it matter? Literally, the Man of White says exactly what Forrest from Devs says. But... It's also a callback to the first season. It's explicitly a callback to the first season, the host who says that to young William when Mm. he enters and says, are you real? And she says, if you can't tell, does it matter? And then it all goes well after that. So honestly, the thing about San Francisco, I, I don't feel like in the future there would be enough people on the lower end of the spectrum to riot. Yeah, that is the problem. I mean, maybe if you just told them that one of the better gyms had raised their rates, like you could get people <laughs> on the streets. Equinox is uh, knocking their rates up by twenty percent. Uh, ah! People <laughs> pitchforks, fire. It it could happen. So Charlotte speaks to Jake. Did we know that Jake calls Charlotte Charlie? I had no idea because it. Are are you going back to the Charlie uh, uh, theory? Oh, maybe they just randomly named two characters Charlie. It's not George R. R. Martin. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they could have easily. Uh, 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 no. Uh, <laughs> no. Oh, are you going to say that every single black character named Charlie is the same in a Nolan picture? Yeah. <laughs> They're not going to just – it's not the kind of show that accidentally is going to repeat a name and just be like, oh, that didn't mean anything. The actor just rifted and we re- went with it. That's not what's happening. Charlie means something and we're going to find – I'd forgotten that that was still a viable theory because it seemed racist to believe it in the first season. I would love if your, if your racist theory was truly validated in this late uh, 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 stage. It's It's – it's just shocking that they would, st- even if they intended it, I feel like four years later in the United States is enough time that they should have grown as people and been like, yeah, we shouldn't do that. That's not the woman I know. You think even the robots are looking at this dumb shit that all the humans are saying to them and being like, damn, I'm a robot. I just want you to know already just so you can stop saying this fucking uh, t- everything means two things ass dialogue. It seems weird to me that Charlotte... Hale, Dolores in Charlotte, is somehow having a stronger reaction to being in a new body than any of the other Doloreses are. But when she says, I think I'm scared, is this the first time any robot has had an emotion? I don't understand what's going on. When, when fucking Michael Ely is like, I didn't look at the profile, I was just like, of course you didn't look at the profile. You're both hot. You're going to work it out. It's going to be fine. If you're hot enough, you're not used to being the member in the group that actually have to do anything. (laughs) Exactly. They're both so hot that neither of them has to do any work at all. It's a perfect relationship. Uh, So Dolores walks out with everybody. I think they're going to get back together. I think it's going to work out for Charlotte and Jake. I don't know what's (laughs) going on with them because I feel like they're kind of rooting for them to get back together. Well, now I know exactly what's going on with them. Yeah, but I I guess towards the episode we have some inklings. I mean, maybe maybe this is what will bring them together. <laughs> I mean, I think the uh, terrible car crash is the thing that brought them together. Yeah, yeah. 
Charlotte has to go to fucking Delos because there's an emergency board meeting, uh, and immediately the dumb side character that we've seen like in two or three other scenes gets fucking whacked. And this is why you always want the garbage men's union on your side. <laughs> Very important. Also, do you have a moment for Charlotte's full-on business suit with with the okay. suit jacket that goes over the shoulders? It's not a jacket that goes over the shoulders. It's a cape. Oh, buddy, it's a cape. That has the, the, the jacket over the shoulder form, yeah. but doesn't actually have sleeves. I've modified all my clothes to look like this. <laughs> the entire time I was like, I was like, I can't, is this the first, uh, n- uh, a, a, a non Euclidean jacket? My, my pajamas have that now. <laughs> I'm, I'm wearing that look 24 seven. It is so badass. And it also ties back to the Japanese Dolores who walked into that scene wearing a jacket over the shoulders. Now I just need to know if Martin Connells did this at some point and I missed it. <laughs> do, do you think this is Dolores' new thing? She was like, I really like a jacket over the shoulders. It makes me look cool. It does make you look cool. It's one of the <laughs> coolest looks that anybody has ever come up with. It is going to be the fashion all of this year. So now she can have the look of the boss with a jacket over the shoulders the entire time. Incredible. And, and Charlotte calls basic dolores after this dolores alpha i don't what are we calling them uh, dolores omega omega dolores i like i like dolores omega this whole giving herself a pep talk scene i was just like oh no fucking if i was prime dolores i would just be like all right you're out i'm summoning you out <laughs> you spent too much time in the tessa thompson one of the big things they seem to be emphasizing this season is that each of these characters are having lived different lives are becoming drastically different people. And as I mentioned in the previous episodes, I really feel like they're pushing this too fast. <laughs> like over the course of one season, it feels like every day in a different body makes you like a completely different person. Look, uh, man, it's all about mind body dualism. I, I, apparently are it is. we who we are is the mind the body is the body the mind. Are you these are on- the heady topics we're going to explore for about five seconds on Westworld. Is this, was that an Alan Watts accent? What were you doing? <laughs> I'm just trying to live, baby. It's 420. <laughs> the moment when she went, my family, I just let out a huge blah. Yeah, I mean, you never want to say my family when you're a robot. I, well, is, is that that means you're going to die? That's the sign? Yeah, yeah. The minute you're like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm a robot. I definitely deserve to have a, a emotional connections. Fucking some other robot is going to be like, nope. And, or, or some human is going to be like, no, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I do not believe that you have emotions, robot. The, the moment you have enough emotions to really feel when they take shit away from you, that's when they're coming for you. Mm-hmm. So then we get to see young William, the new sitcom on CBS. For a second, I really was like, who's this Who's this young, kind of ethnically ambiguous uh, youth? I truly want to see a photo of, like, 12-year-old Ed Harris, <laughs> the whitest white boy that ever lived. And he, we, we get some good old childhood trauma with young William. Mm-hmm. His 8 to 15-year-old self, I cannot tell kids that age apart. I have no idea. How old do you think he is? Bet your life I feel like this kid it. is, like, 12 years old. That, yeah, right in the middle of my range. Yeah, nice exactly. <laughs> we get some good old parental abuse, and when they try to give him a sedative, he straight bites some dude's finger off. And that's basically like me with every cat I've ever met. I'm just waiting for that. I'm just trying to help them, and it's just, bam, my finger. Oh, no. We come from there to the 
Maeve Sizemore interaction. I like this bar. Was I supposed to go back to work after finding out I don't exist? Uh, if you want a paycheck in this economy, apparently. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And, and it's like, what would that have changed for Lee? Like, he was that introspective about his life anyway. <laughs> I program so they don't even see me. That, that is the dream, isn't it? To just be the guy hanging out at the back of a bar and just be able to pick off drinks from other people. Uh, to be the invisible man, but without uh, stalking Elizabeth Moss. That's, that's the worst part about it, is, is causing Elizabeth Moss distress. Listen, if it's not feminism unless Elizabeth Moss is having a bad time. So Maeve, we've been moved. We get to see the body start printing. Maeve realizes she's been given an extra gift. Which is not uh, expanded upon at that time. For, for a second, I was like, come on, Tandy Newton in a giant robot body. Let's fucking do this. But no. My brain is wired that it's Teddy every single time. <laughs> every time are you like, James Marsden. James I mean, Marsden. The Maybe show, his old friend Sonic the Hedgehog is going to show up too. The show was so in love with him as a sidekick that it's, it's hard to believe that they'd be able to break that habit. Like, <laughs> I just imagine, you know, Jonathan leaning his head on Lisa Joy's shoulder at night and just being like, don't you want James Marston back? Don't you miss James? <laughs> Let's go get James, honey. <laughs> the, the better part of a billion dollars in intellectual property, and I want it erased. Is this Disney talking about Star Wars as goodwill? <laughs> <laughs> also, Ivan, you uh, said a billion dollars. A billion dollars is not cool. Do you know what's cool? <laughs> Let me hear it. A trillion dollars. <laughs> I want all employees tested for robot. That's what happens. <laughs> yeah, he's like, hey, everybody has to get the, the, uh, the robot test. The most I've been disappointed in Westworld is when he then didn't immediately say, we must all discover which one of us is a robot in a mansion in the English countryside. <laughs> I love one as a murder mystery featuring all of these characters in this boardroom. I, I really love when Charlotte was like, if there's a host ha- here, I'll root me out. <laughs> it's like, ooh, too quick. Too quick. <laughs> so this is the moment we get William woken up, woken up by Major Craddock, the, the undead army major featured in season two who, who led the Corps of Dolores' army. Absolutely. I, I knew because the, the camera lingered on his face that I was supposed to recognize him. But the entire time I was just like, which white is this? He There's all, been so many. Well, all, the contrast is really high in those scenes. And for a second, I thought it was Lawrence. <laughs> I was like, wow, Lawrence lost like a good 20 pounds. He's looking very oh. skinny. And, <laughs> and then I, what happened to Clifton Collins? We go to William and James. Delos. Group therapy. Yeah, the, uh, the, the group therapy is amazing. I, I, uh, absolutely, if this was a bunch of Ivans, we would all just be yelling at each other to fuck off so that we could all individually smoke weed. But what did you think? How did you react when you saw this scene? Just every, every version of William that we've seen in this whole show, including Jimmy it. Simpson. It's so good! <laughs> I love that we, they all got together. Absolutely. I, I cannot imagine that they were all on one soundstage at any one time. No, I'm well. It is shot in a way that it would. There's probably only one chair. Who are we kidding? I, I listen. Do you? Th- I they could hardly get one in Harris, much less two others. <laughs> and Jimmy Simpson, they could clearly only get the young one. <laughs> William teasing young William for falling in love with a host is so deeply funny to me. 
Jimmy Simpson even disputes it, and he uses such a you-wouldn't-understand voice on another instance of himself, which presumably has all his memories and experiences. <laughs> I, I really love it, because truly, nobody can understand that point where you first fall in love with weird fetish pornography. It's, it's, You'll never be that pure again. <laughs> the, fe- the fleshlight will never feel that good. The first moment when you're like, Ugh! let me see it again. <laughs> uh, guess I got to put this on a, a floppy disk and then store it in my desk. They find Rodrigo Santoro in the basement, Hector. Mm-hmm. And, and isn't he? Isn't Escaton just the absolute perfect character? Just this hot, muscular guy that you can bring in to do whatever Maeve wants at any time without having like any interiority of his own. But Scar still does feel a bit focus grouped. <laughs> so Maeve restores him, and I have to say, this is why you have off-site backups. Backblaze, guys. Very important. <laughs> Listen, you got Dropbox those hosts. So an inter- interesting thing, I watched this twice, and the second time through, I really tried to remind myself that the Dolores that Charlotte has a copy of is Martin Connell. And like, try and see if she's trying to do an impression. Like, if she's trying to do a Dolores that has been a man for a while. (laughs) You you were waiting for that Scottish brogue to pop up in there. (laughs) I I would have loved that a lot. Um, You were waiting for an I wee lass. The posture she is in uh, mirrors the, I believe it's the first image of the first episode, which I only noticed because her feet are really cramped because she's too short to sit in that chair. Um, I thought that was interesting. I don't know if they're trying to suggest it's the end of Dolores or maybe just the end of that copy. I mean, I do believe it is the end of that copy by the end of the episode because yeah. I don't think she made it out of that car. Very good point. So, oh, let's see where did that go. No, we go back to we go back to the uh uh, uh to the man in black uh therapy session. Who's to say they were ever my urges? He fucking went to video games actually do cause violence the first time it served him. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting question. Like, did this life shape you or did you choose it? And if you can't tell, does it matter? Because we've all been watching devs. Only books. Fucking books is so dumb. If I only had books, I'd be so pissed uh, 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 that I didn't ha- uh, couldn't have video games. What did you make of young William breaking that dude's arm and knocking out three of his teeth? Well, for- first of all, fucking... Uh, 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 one the hell is wrong with you from his dad was pretty minor abuse, all considering. Considering he broke somebody's arm. Yeah. And knocked out three of his teeth. The entire time, like, fucking Ed Harris just got more and more press. I was just like, is one of the Ed Harris's just gonna go, and scene? Uh, Maeve and Connell, Delor- Connell Dolores, I've had to make difficult choices. And we get, of course, you judge me, but who have you sacrificed for your daughter? So, and they're pretty much at a standoff because Maeve can control host with her mind. Dolores has the key to the afterlife. Uh, I, I can see why they both need to try and stop the other one. Yeah. Yeah. And look, we all understand that you got to throw some hot guys on the pile to survive. It's one of the only ways you're going to make it. So, Ma- so Charlotte Hale calls her man, Jake, tells him she'll be there in 30. Uh, but then... Like a classic workaholic, notices one more thing at work. Oh, she got that one last Slack message to come in. So they have this meeting that Sirak is called. Okay. There's a I thank you. Like I'm glad you also found greatest, this ridiculous. 
The greatest plot point in the history of the show is that they got Dolores because they know that Charlotte Hale is such a huge bitch that she wouldn't check on her own child in a crisis. Charlotte would never do that. That's an amazing plot point. I really love the that. The entire board, obviously not. We're in agreement. <laughs> and th- so this one guy raises a good point, which is none of them know who Sorak is. And he's like, why are we even believing you? Maybe you're, maybe you're a con artist. But he does it as like a point of order, to which I believe Sorak just basically says, acknowledged. And the other guy was like, <laughs> fine, then we can proceed. <laughs> yeah, and then they all get nerve gas. Right, and then they... So... I, I was listening to this on headphones, and when you do that, you can start hearing the people coughing. Like, because the dialogue's happening. Yes, I could hear them coughing. I could hear them coughing as well. And it got freaky. I was, for a moment, I was like, the virus is outside my apartment. No. Oh, no. I was like, I don't want to hear coughing and surround oh, no. sound. I got to get my TV disinfected. <laughs> Absolutely. I actually took off my headphones before I realized that it was just coming distantly from within the headphones. <laughs> And uh, it turns out Ciroc, uh, Dedoy, of course he a hologram. If if you pull the, uh, uh, hey, I'm a hologram trick fucking even once, you get to uh, pull the, hey, I'm a hologram trick for like every single instance of your life being imperiled until like the last scene where it's, where if there is absolutely at one point one of the fucking robots is going to cap him and be like, wasn't a hologram that time. Or we could go the complete other way. And it, and it turns out that Ciroc is actually... Completely created whole cloth by Rehoboam, and he's actually only ever if, a hologram. If this turns out to be a Simone situation. <laughs> it's, it's a possibility. <laughs> Listen, Charlotte Hale is Charlie. Anything can happen in this show. <laughs> All right. So one of my favorite things in the entire world is uh, a scene when a tiny, beautiful actress gets to beat up a very large man. And this is a great one. This is a great one. Nothing like Tessa Thompson just absolutely beating the shit out of a guy like literally twice her size. Does I have to ask, does the elevator add or detract? That's that's a little Any bit. fight in an elevator. Any fight in an elevator, I'm just like, uh, are, are we winter soldiering this? It's also one of my favorite moments I feel, because this is all actors. The choice you make. When you get the wrist notification that you need to kill the small woman next to you. <laughs> is there is there any better test of an actor's skill than the check the watch, have to kill the person next to you take? Because you have to decide, are you, do you just immediately try to kill them? Or do you try and play it off like it was just like, hey, you got two things in Farmville. Or like, <laughs> there's a lot of choices that you can make before the fighting actually starts. And this guy does a great job. Yeah, he just goes for it. He just straight goes for it. Charlotte Hale heads to the spa slash mil- milking room. And and this is where it gets kind of hairy for Maven Dolores. Okay. Uh, uh, he wants her alive. Always a mistake. Yeah, never try and bring in somebody alive. It's, it's just too much hassle. Yeah, that's why I that's why in every situation, I am always like from a tactical standpoint, we should kill the asset. <laughs> And and in this situation, if you want to bring somebody in alive, there's only one way to do it. Giant nets. Giant <laughs> nets that you're holding over your head. That's here's, the only way it's going to happen. Here's my idea. We get a bunch of apes. We put them on horses. We give the apes nets. I call it a planet of the apes. Worked out very well in film. So Charlotte Hale squishes Hector's pearl. And the pearls are either surprisingly fragile or she is incredibly strong. 
Mm-hmm. Maeve's screaming causes the alarm to go off. <laughs> I just have I have Eschaton's death written as no, not the meaty guy. <laughs> not the meaty guy? He's a big meaty guy. He's like, oh, I'm Hector. Oh, look at me. Man, I, I feel like Teddy or Ashley is a... Ashley's a media Ashley guy. Ashley Stubbs is the mediest guy. He's a media guy. But I've, I yeah. mean, Rodrigo Santoro, I've seen a picture of him without his shirt off. He's not that meaty. <laughs> really? You're going to say that he's not buff? I'm, I, I use meaty to <laughs> be a little All thicker right. than buff. Just like, just like we, 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 we were finally able to make a decision between uh, whether something uh, is good or whether it is uh, uh, pr- provocation. Uh, uh, I want us to decide. <laughs> meaty or buff? He's definitely buff. He's ripped. I would describe him as lean, though. <laughs> All right. Fair. Fair. Oh, you don't like lean meats? No, I prefer them fatty, actually. That's, <laughs> that's a true thing. Everyone should get a sous vide. And then we get our favorite robot, our little boy. Oh, my boy. My, and, and it turns out, it doesn't really matter where you place those legs. <laughs> You'll get to them. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's actually very the Iron Giant. Right control effect itself. Not that good. <laughs> The the initial explosion was fine, but once he got into open space, it was a problem. Yeah. It's not great. Although, I, I do love, if you didn't notice, when Riot Control is running towards those three guys, one of them just takes off retreating. <laughs> <laughs> one of them just runs. It's very funny. I always love somebody relatable who does what yes. I would do. The coward. So at this point, the man in white in the group therapy session has beat all of the versions of himself to death with the folding chair. An especially <laughs> flimsy folding chair. I don't know how he managed to knock anybody over with that thing. It's called jobbing. They understand that they have to take a fall for the face uh, to be able to really make his play. So he... It, it doesn't seem great for the group therapy progress. And also, I don't know if you've noticed, but he is now a man in white. I wasn't sure what the whole I'm the good guy thing is supposed to be. I, he's, a, he's like, I'm a man with the greatest amount of privilege, and I... I can choose to be good now. I get to be a male feminist. <laughs> I think it was a metaphor. The, he's the guy who got canceled and came back and was like, no, I understand what I did was wrong. But he does not understand what he did <laughs> was wrong. So, at the very end, Armand Delgado and Stubbs find him. Mm-hmm. The, the line between the two of them. Armand, they must have lost track of him and all the chaos. Stubbs. Or maybe they just fucking left him here. <laughs> I love it. He's just like, yeah, of course nobody's going to come back for this guy. He sucks. We see a host assembled and exiting the fluid. It is Maeve. We see another host. We Just the very tip of their nose before it cuts away. And I hate, I hated that we don't, didn't get to find out. I cannot bear to watch any cliffhanger anymore. I'm like, I literally don't know if I'll make it that long. <laughs> it's just the nose. You can't tell from the nose? There's somebody <laughs> on the Westworld Reddit who's compared all of the noses from that angle. <laughs> if we look at the arch profile, we can definitely tell who this host is. Yep, so we come from there to Hale, Jake, and Hale's son, Nathan, and her last words to her son are, nothing is going to happen to you. I can keep you soon. (laughs) And yeah, and this is the moment where, for the first time, I saw Jake call Charlotte Charlie, Charlie, and I, I had to pause it, go back, turn on subtitles. And it's just printed right there, and they approved it, and they let it go into the episode. She's Charlie. 
<laughs> I feel like because uh, didn't the Charlie theory not work at all? <laughs> I think we were focusing on the Charlie Charlotte connection more before we knew the ultimate twist, and then people kind of forgot about it. Listen, or maybe they just left it there. But I think Listen, everybody I, forgot about it. I feel like everybody forgot about it, and also fucking they were just like, "Oh, what's a pet name for Char- for, for for fucking a woman named Charlotte?" Yeah, they thought it was too obvious, so they're like, "If we wait two seasons, <laughs> maybe we'll actually surprise some people." Yeah, and uh, uh, we got uh, Melty Tessa. That robot on fire effect was good. I think that's where all of the budget for the episode went. Too good. I would prefer it have been much worse. No, I loved how good it was, how you could see her catching on fire internally. And it, and she was 100% burned. Like, they weren't yeah. leaving anything oh, yeah. to the imagination. Oh, no. That was a melty-ass fucking robot. And you should, look up, you should look up online. There's a picture of Tessa Thompson and her stunt devil both in those suits. <laughs> I really do want to look at that. It's, it's a great picture. They're both just very cute and having a good time. But also, I was like, oh, right. They need two suits. One for the stunts and one for the close-ups. I forget about that. So they just both be on set in their burnt skin suits. <laughs> Fucking making a movie so weird. So this is probably my favorite episode of the season. Huh. Really? I've, I just... I just I, I don't know. I'm just like... Westworld. Okay, it's Westworld. I, I was thinking about it, and I feel like they don't have, like, a clear central metaphor that they've been pursuing all season to, like, tie everything together. And it feels, like, a little more hollow, even though we've been getting more plot. Right. Yeah, I mean, that doesn't... The central theme, if there is one, is definitely getting lost. I always feel like Westworld does better as a binge, and I am super curious to see where it ends up. Because I always feel like once you've seen the last episode of a season of Westworld, you can begin to understand the beginning of that season of Westworld. <laughs> I just want to know if we're finally going to find out if there's an actual physical maze. There's going to be a physical maze. Come on. They're not just going to talk about it and have it be that toy. There's going to be a giant he- hedge maze like at the end of The Shining, a movie I've seen. <laughs> I'm so happy for you. Now you get to watch Room 237 and uh, watch all of the scenes where somebody is like, There's, this is definitely from a scene in The Shining, and they show a scene that do- doesn't have the thing they're talking about in it. <laughs> I'm I'm very excited to see that. It, I assume that's the one with the Stanley Kubrick. It was all of the fan theories, especially the ones that were like, "This is a, <laughs> The Shining is about Stanley Kubrick faking the moon landing. Oh, it shoots them down? No, it oh. presents them. And then whenever they say something is in the movie, yeah. it either cuts to it or it cuts to the scene where it would have been if it was actually there and it doesn't have it. There's like one scene where somebody is like talking about a very specific image on a very specific poster. And when they cut to the poster, it's a completely different image. That's incredible. So basically it's their argument documentary, their argument, their argument is, is that fan theories are bad. Is that somebody says something crazy and then they stare directly into the camera. Yes, it's it's very office like. <laughs> I that sounds like a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. But yes, Tales from the Loop on Prime. If you have Prime, <laughs> please check it out. It is so good. Well, I mean that's that's gonna be our once Westworld is over. That's gonna be our next one. We got to talk about that. Uh, but thank you guys for listening. Uh, I hope you're staying sane. You can find us on Twitter at Borscore Swords. You can find Ivan on Twitter at Ivan underscore Hernandez, and you can find Red on Twitter at Red underscore Scott. Bye. See ya.